Hey guys, this is my leak. This is the My Taught You podcast. And once again, I am back with another fabulous guest. If you don't know the rules for my interviewing guests, I have to have met this person, um, laid eyes on them, or maybe even just had like a very, very long conversation with them. And today, my guest is Courtney Sanders of Think and Grow Chick. And Courtney, that's thinkandgrowchick.com, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. So I guess I want to start with telling people sort of how I want to tell people what you do, but I want to tell people how we met. And I met Courtney because I was like, it was a Saturday morning. I was working at my computer and I always keep Twitter up. So I don't know why that's my, that's my thing too. And I got this tweet with like a blog post by someone who had like broken down my podcast in a way that even I hadn't broken them down. I was like, oh my God, I said this Um, because I usually, I do my podcast. You guys know I make my five points and then I kind of like, I won't say ramble, but I kind of just carry on um, about the points. And Courtney, I really loved the way you did that. And I reached out to you like, oh my God, what can I do for you? And I remember you being like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, Like, how can I help you? Because that was so cool. So when, when did you start listening to the podcast? What prompted you to do that? And then what is sort of the like background of your business? Yeah, I started listening to the podcast a few years ago. Um, I'm, I can't remember. I know I found you through social media. Oh, that's what it was. Your Ask FM. So I remember when Ask FM was getting kind of popular and I didn't know anybody to follow. And I, I want to say they had some sort of feature. It was like, oh, based on the people you follow on Twitter or something, you might like oh, okay. page, that kind of thing. And so that's how I, I came across your Ask FM and it was really popular. And I was like, oh, you know, who is this person? And then I found out that you were the CEO of Curlbox. And I just love, you know just boss women who are CEOs and just really about their business. And so, you know, your mindset and your attitude, I was just really attracted to that. Um, And so I started listening to your podcast and they were on Podomatic and I would listen to them here and there. But um, Mm -hmm. when I started to get more serious, even about like my own business and my own brand, I started looking to women who, you know, were killing it in their fields and you were one of them and um, everyone raved about your podcast. So I think I had like a binge day where I might've listened (laughs) Uh, no joke. I think I listened to every single thing you had, like when it was on Podomatic, like straight through the whole day. And so it's funny, right. you laugh about me doing those notes, but I was taking those notes for myself. Like I was like, okay, this is what I need to apply to my life. And since I have a blog too, I was like, oh, you know, I need a blog post for next Wednesday. And you know, I read this whole thing. This would be a great thing to offer my audience because everyone that follows me raves about you. And so I just put it up there and then it was like, <laughs> you saw it, which was really cool. Yes. And I'm super appreciative of you doing that because I always feel like when someone takes the time to write about what you're doing, they introduce you to more people. But the main reason why I have you on the show today is because I saw an email saying that you quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> you quit your job. And I, having, we've had drinks before, we have met. And I remember you saying, you even come by the office and you were just like, I have this plan. This is my date. It is going to happen. And then I see you on vacation and I saw that it happened. And I was like, I really want to have Courtney on because I think that so many people 
Um, they are in that space of like, I really know that I want to be doing something else, but I don't know how I don't know what. Um, so what, what would you say that you do, Courtney? Oh man. Um, I'm still learning my elevator pitch now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, but I guess the easiest thing is, um, just women's empowerment speaker, trainer, and um, a little business coaching as well. So I'm really about personal development and as your readers can tell from the name of my brand think and grow chick which is based on the book um, think and grow rich I just my whole goal is to provide personal development um, information broken down in a really cool relatable way for our demographic so I say I'm kind of like Tony Robbins meets Tracy Ellis Ross you know so that's awesome (laughs) Just trying to make, um, you know, self-improvement and really self-mastery something that, you know, women in our community really aspire to do and care about. So what, like, when did you figure out that this was sort of your purpose? Because you, you had a day job. How long after you graduated were you sort of working? Yeah, I was working for four years. So back up a little bit. Think and Grow Chick actually started in 2009. Um, I've heard this story like a lot on my community, but for your readers, I'll try to make it quick. But basically, <laughs> um, I uh, went to, originally went to school at Howard. I had a Fulbright um, engineering scholarship and then got there and realized immediately that that was not something that I wanted to do. But because I wasn't mature enough to change my major and face my parents and let them know like, hey, I'm going to do something different. I just proceeded to not go to class and uh, pursue entrepreneurship. So Lisa Price of Carol's daughter was on campus one day and she was talking about her business and that really inspired me. So me and another um, chemistry major, um, I was chemical engineering, she was chemistry. We started this hair care business that we had no starting. Yeah, it was called Material Girl Beauty. We were like ordering like shea butter and stuff from like Nigeria and Canada. getting held up in customs and then I was getting in trouble because I was like trying to melt it on my little hot plate in my dorm and we weren't supposed to have like heated appliances it was just all wow yeah so um we went to that was over the summer we were using our internship money to, to fund all that and so we went back to school the next semester and tried to sell it and neither of us were business majors no marketing experience and so all our little money that we put into it like barely could sell any products um so I was in a really at a rock and a hard place at that point because me skipping class and pursuing all this business stuff, I lost my scholarship. I tried to transfer to the business school, but they were like, mm, with those grades, like, right. no, thank you. Get your life together. And I'm like, but I don't have any money. So I had taken out all these credit cards to try to build my credit because I thought if I built my credit, then I could get a student loan because my parents were like, we're not going to pay for this. And it was just a disaster. Um, so I was really at a place where I wanted to figure out how to get out of this hole that I built and really pursue my dreams. But everything that I was doing just wasn't working. And so um, a woman on campus had pity on me and she knew I was interested in entrepreneurship and she nominated me for a conference that was happening in San Francisco. Um, It was like a women's business conference, but they were selecting female students all across the country to be like, get kind of like the red carpet treatment and get all this mentorship while at the conference. So I got selected, I got to go and they gave us all these behind the scenes business stuff. And we got to meet like the head of like Home Depot and Pepsi and all of that. And they had a 
life coach on staff and I, I didn't know what a life coach was, never met one before, but she did all these goal setting activities with us and she kept raving about the book, Think and Grow Rich. And so when I got home from the conference, I went to the library and checked it out because I didn't even mm-hmm. have enough money to buy the book. And I was so inspired by the book's principles and I had never seen like goal setting and talks about discipline and all those things broken down that way. So since I was already blogging to try to promote this like failed hair care business, I decided that I would start a new blog and I would call it the Think and Grow Chick and I would be the Think and Grow Chick and I would just kind of chronicle my journey applying these personal development principles to my own life since I was actively trying to get my credit together, get back in school, get my grades up and try to lead a successful business. So um, it started to take off. I was shocked that a lot of women were writing me like, oh, I resonate with your story. And it's really cool to see how you're turning your life around. And that same conference company that um, brought me out as a student, they saw what I was doing with my website and were inspired about it as well. And so they invited me to um, apply or submit um, a curriculum. They had this RFP for like, um, uh, they wanted a new curriculum for the new women who were going to be coming um, for the program next year. And so they invited me to bid on it and to submit like how I would design it for, you know, millennial women who needed personal development. And it was like a $70,000 contract. It was insane. I was like a senior in college. It was ridiculous. What? Yeah. So I was like, y'all sure? Like you want me? So I remember running down to um, the uh, DC, um, I forget what it's called, DCRA or something, uh, where you go get your business license and, you know, file in my LLC because I knew they weren't going to write the check to me in my personal name. So I was like, oh, they can go check LLC. Um, But this was right around uh, when the recession hit. And so they had all this funding from all these big corporations who ended up pulling out. Um, So they were like, oh, you know, sorry, we're not going to be able to do the program like we thought. But so I was kind of devastated by that. But that got my wheels turning because I was like, oh, snap, like these people almost paid me $70,000. Yeah, like stuff I, I learned in a book, you know, so. I started really transitioning thinkandgrowchick.com from just a blog to a personal development brand and really coming up with my own personal development tools and curriculum so that I would be ready for, you know, the next company that came around. Um, so because that contract fell through, I graduated from college um, and then just took a, a job in government finance and banking. I figured it would give me like a little credibility when talking about um, financial issues for millennial women. And I just kind of like worked on my business as a side hustle for four years, um, just really trying to build it up. And um, it was awesome because before I was building it to try to get the attention of companies so I could get a contract like that again. But I was starting to get a lot of individual women in my age group who were like, can you coach me or can I buy your book or can I buy, you know, and I was just making money just selling my services and my products just to my demographic. So um, really that alone is what allowed me to quit my job was just getting really clear on my target market and providing things in a unique way that they really wanted. And yeah, you do a fantastic job. Um, you, I, I have seen, um, you interviewed me and you had some phenomenal questions and that's still one of my favorite interviews ever. And it's on YouTube and people still watch it and I still have people who contact me about it. Um, I, reached out to you because I knew I was going to talk to you and I wanted to check out some of your products because I haven't, you know, I'm older. I am not a millennial. Um, I'm not a millennial, but I do understand. I do understand millennial needs. And I think I remember being 20 something like it was yesterday. And I have your, um, 
21 day self-discipline program, um, the no excuses woman. And I literally, like you sent me, you sent me the links to the products and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I'm busy. I'm working. I, I just shot, I just hit print. Mm-hmm. And like, I went, my printer is in my bedroom and I went upstairs and I was like, what is all of this <laughs> on the printer? I was expecting a few sheets and I was like, this girl wrote an encyclopedia. Um, wow. So I was like, okay, so now I've got a little bit more work cut out for me. So I, I, I looked at this 21 day self-discipline program and I was like, this is really phenomenal. Is this your most popular product or what is your most popular product? Oh, this hand down, hands down is my best selling, most popular people rave about this product. I, I have the other product that you sent me to that I want to talk about, but I don't know why I was also attracted to this. And I was like, I bet you this is like her bestseller. So it doesn't surprise me that it is because what was, because, because you have the 21 day, which I really like the fact that you, that you went with 21 days, but what was your reason for going with 21 days? So I came up with 21 days because I felt like that would be the most approachable time length for most people dealing with self-discipline. And to start, I knew self-discipline was something that was like a huge part of my personal journey and is like the foundation of success, but it's not like one of those sexy topics. Like people don't want to learn about self-discipline. So I was like, how can I make this as approachable as possible since this is going to be a hard sell anyway? And um, I think people kind of understand like, oh, 21 days, it's not even a full month, 21 days to start a new habit. Like it's fun. It's like a challenge. Like, oh, if I could do this for 21 days, then maybe I can do this for the rest of my life. Right. And so when I first opened it up, you have discipline starts with desire. Um, I recently interviewed, um, Lovey, awesomely Lovey. And I had asked her this, asked her this question about, uh, from a listener who was just saying, you know, everybody that I know that's successful, they are, you know, they, they grind, they get up in the morning, they do all these things. And like, I have just never been that person. How can I become successful? And that's when Lovey sort of brought up the desire, like, what is it? A lot of us have this desire, like, what do you want out of life? And so what, what are your thoughts on discipline starts with desire? I think, I mean, desire is like the bedrock for you creating anything in your life. You, you ultimately have to want it bad enough. And I feel like, um, it's kind of an unsaid thing, especially in the personal development field, people kind of want to tiptoe around the issue. And, you know, people say, Oh, I'm struggling with um, procrastination, or I just can't get up in the morning, or I'm just so not disciplined. And no one's willing to say it, but it's true. And it's like, you just don't want it bad enough. You know, I think everyone right. can relate to an experience where, you know, they kind of goofed around, and then they saw what the negative consequences were going to be. And that alone was so scary to them. They were like, wow, I really don't want that. That suddenly, things that they thought they couldn't do they just jumped up and were able to do it and I'm, I saw that in my own life with you know me not going to class and kind of doing my own thing and trying to figure this out and then being very close to rock bottom like snap I don't have any money you know my credit is shot you know I'm going to be stuck here in this expensive city riding the bus with no degree no nothing no job prospects that was frightening to me and I knew that I wanted success and I, I wanted to be able to stand on my own two feet and that really drove me to kind of get my butt in gear and kind 
kind of get on it. So I think everybody needs to really drill down on what do you want and just be honest with yourself. Like, do you want it bad enough? Um, I think a lot of people also find themselves being undisciplined because they're trying to do things that they really don't want for themselves, but they're not, they're too scared to admit it because maybe society says that they should want it or their family expects certain things from them. And so if you're struggling with discipline in a certain area, it might be a red flag that the thing you are going after is maybe you just, you really don't want it that bad enough. Right. Perhaps you want it because you think that it would look sexy. You know what I mean? I think so often I remember being young and in like right when I started uh, college, a lot of my classmates, you know, everybody wanted that sexy sounding major. And I always tell people my very first boyfriend dumped me for a girl that was pre-law. I'm like, (laughs) she like, that's not even going to law school. Like that's not even passing the bar. That doesn't make that person a lawyer, but I think it's very um, easy to, to get consumed with that. And so the first, you know, you start having people talk about what it is that they want. And I'm not going to go through the whole 21 days, but I like the next part of it, of the positive pain. You know, I think that people don't realize that if it were easy, everybody would be doing it. Um, and they don't know how to deal with it when it gets hard. So how, how have you dealt with that pain? What does that pain like look like? How do we identify it? Yeah. Um, the pain is really intense in the beginning. Um, and for me, it it was the pain of getting up like crazy early because I had to do all this work before I got to my actual, you know, job and I had to have like my Mm -hmm. bed there at 8am. Um, so there was that the pain of not being able to just, you know, my friends text me and they want to do stuff. And it's like, guys, you know, I know it's Saturday, but this is like the only day I have all week to really focus on my business. I can't, you know, just be going all over the place, even the pain of, um, and and this was even recently, you know, my family kind of making snide remarks, like, uh, you know, it might be a holiday or something, or, you know, we're flying out to see them. And they're like, Oh, she's always on her laptop or, Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, people just not understanding what is required to make this happen. And so being willing for people to misunderstand you being willing to make sacrifices, being willing to kind of cut some things out in order to really make it happen. And um, I've done this for four years straight because the goal of making this business sustainable where I wouldn't have to go to a nine to five was just that important to me. And so it it kind of becomes a good pain um, in the same way, like when you're working out in the beginning, it's like really hard and it hurts. But after a while, you love the results that you get. And it feels yep. so good that if you go to the gym and like, you don't walk out with that kind of soreness, you're like, maybe I didn't go hard enough. Like what's going on? Right. And so I kind of measure my own progress that same way. Like if I'm, if I'm not under the gun, you know, getting it done, then maybe I wasn't going hard enough for that week or whatever. So um, that's kind of how I, I look at it. Yeah, I have this thing that I say, it's like my three year rule that it takes. And it's interesting that you did four years, but it's like, I feel like no matter what you start professionally, it takes three years to really see it through. So, so many people start in that first year and it's like the first year is purely the discovery period. What the heck am I trying to do? Um, How do I do it? Who is my audience? And then the second year I think is you 
getting more confident in what it is that you do and kind of cleaning up the time that it takes you to do things. Like I bet you there were so many things in the first year that you spent so much time on that maybe in year two, you're like, you know what? I don't even need to deal with that. I don't deal with these kind of people. I don't deal with this kind of customer. Like you start to get it down. And then by the third year, I think is when you really become a well-oiled machine So when people quit before they reach year three, I just get bummed because I was like, this is when it was about to start cracking for you. Like it was going to be, it was going to be amazing. So I guess what I want to know from you is why was it so important to you to become an entrepreneur? Like what about being an entrepreneur um, excites you, entices you? Like, why is this important? Oh, goodness. Um, I just feel like I'm a highly creative person for one. And I know that there are career fields where you're allowed to be totally self-expressed and all of that. Um, I wasn't in, you know, one of those career fields. It was very straight laced. Like not only was it banking and finance, but it was like government on top of that. So it was very Mm -hmm. oriented, very risk averse. So I wasn't able to really, um, explore and kind of learn, um, in ways that suited my interests and suited kind of who I was and how I best did my work, but also because I'm really passionate about the work that I'm actually doing. And Mm -hmm. I just didn't see that there was a vehicle to do it at this scale in a typical nine to five. And so I I almost see it as a mission. Like this is very missionally driven for me. It's not just about making money and it's not even just about, you know, putting something out there cool that millennials can really resonate with. But um, I personally get upset when I see people who have talent and they're not able to really walk in that talent and do cool things because they have all of these like self-mastery issues down. Like they're just not disciplined. They're a procrastinator. They can't get up on time. They have self-doubt issues. Uh, they mess up their finances and that, you know, prevents them from doing things or, you know, they don't know how to navigate their career. Like I feel like there's all these external things that hold people back and I just feel like it's a tragedy. And um, I feel like we're all put on this earth for a purpose. We all have unique gifts and talents that we should be um, releasing into the world. And so I just see it as my mission to help people remove what they can remove and focus on what they can do so that they have the best chance of success in their own lives. Um, you know, growing up in the Metro Detroit area, I have a lot of family members who, you know, I hate to say it, but kind of quote unquote, like never got off the block, like that kind of thing. And I see how talented they are and how they could have lived a different life, but they were just, they never got past a lot of um, the issues, you know, that I talk about, you know, in my brand and my business. So um, for me, being an entrepreneur was Yes, you know, the lifestyle. Yes, being in charge of your own income and travel and being able to get to do what you want is really cool. But also, I just felt like it was the only way I was going to be able to have the impact that um, I felt like I needed in order to really make a, a real difference. So I've seen that you have shared your income because I think it was in the email and you were kind of like telling people this is how much I made. Why? How old are you? remind me of what it was that you made and why is it important for you to share that? Yeah. So I'm 28, which is, um, you know, old to some young to others. So it depends. And, um, I share my income. So when I sent the email at that time, I had made like 14,000 and I was on track to do 23,000 for the month of August. Now, um, what are we, today's date is the 26th. Um, I have to look at the numbers, but I think I'm like just under 30,000. And, um, I share that and I've been sharing my income for a while, for a few months now, because it was seeing that for other entrepreneurs was really inspiring to me 
to know that it was actually possible um, and the kind of scale that you can get to, but also what's required um, in order for you to, you know, leave your business. So no, I don't think you necessarily need to make five figures or, or I'm sorry, in order to leave your job. Um, so I don't think you need to make like five figures in your business in order to leave your job. But um, having an online business, uh, you know, there are a lot of expenses. I have like virtual assistants and um, there's just a lot of things that go behind the scenes. So I just like to be really transparent about kind of like what I'm doing, what it takes to make this all work. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, why I felt comfortable leaving. That was another thing too. For me, people have seen me kind of do this work for a while and they're like, girl, you should have left a long time ago, you know, when you were making just a few thousand, but I have savings goals. You know, my husband and I, we own a house. Like I I see that there's a lot of entrepreneurship that's like, I just jumped out there and, you know, I just kind of figured it out and stuff was kind of crazy for a while, but it came together, which is really cool. But I didn't necessarily want that to be my story. You know, I I didn't want to have to go through jacking my credit up again and having bills not paid and all of that. And so, you know, waiting until my business got to this income level um, was just personally helpful for me because it allowed us to really take a lot of money and just like put it away. And now Mm -hmm. I know great for the rest of the year I can continue tweaking things experimenting you know working on my business and not worrying about like is money going to be coming in the door now that I don't have a job so yeah and is all this money coming from products yeah product sales and then one-on-one coaching or I have like a group branding program that I do that people join so I would say yeah product sales group coaching sales and then one-on-one coaching Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So tell us, what is your morning like? What do you do? What time do you wake up and what the heck do you do in the morning? Oh, man. Um, not to scare anybody, but like the last, uh, six months or so I've been waking up at like four 30, not cause I want to just because it was necessary in order to do the volume of work that needed to get done before I had to go mm-hmm. nine to five job. Um, but before then I was waking up at like five or five 30, I get up in the morning. Um, lately I've been forcing myself to go downstairs and get a glass of water because I'm terrible with drinking water and I get really dehydrated. So I get a glass of water. I go back upstairs to my little office. I like candles because I just like the scent and the ambiance and all that stuff. Um, I turn the lights off and just leave the candles on. I do um, some prayer time, some Bible reading time, some journaling. And those three things allow me to kind of like uh, get everything out, get really centered and be like, okay, I'm good. Like we're, we're cool. Mm-hmm. For and then I jump into um, planning out my to-dos I try not to jump into the work before my to-do list and kind of like what needs to be done is set because I can, I'm like a dog with a bone. Like if I get on one task, I can get so into it that three hours can go by and I like didn't touch anything else. So I like to lay out everything that needs to get done. And then based on how much time is left. So now it's like, all right, I got maybe two hours or an hour and a half before I have to get dressed and then get ready for work. Then I just look at my to-do list and say, what are the activities that's going to like, if I got nothing else done today, what would move me the furthest? And so usually that's like, um, some sort of, uh, like product creation, marketing, maybe sales or like setting up consultation calls or something like that. That's going to help me, um, you know, bring in the income that I needed for my business. So that was a big focus. Cause it was like, well, if you're not making any money, then you're not going to be able to quit your job. So those mm-hmm. things, 
tended to be the task that I focused on um, really heavily in the last six months. Um, but it could be anything. Uh, it might be writing a blog post or whatever. And then um, I do that. And then I get up and, you know, start to get dressed and go to work and get on the freeway. And even why well, I'm kind of weird in that even when I was driving to work every day on the freeway, I still tried to imagine that I was actually not going to work, that I was going to meet a client or to a speaking engagement or something. So I like put on my favorite music that makes me feel hype. Like, yeah, I'm a full-time entrepreneur or whatever. And I would just like basically play make-believe for 30 minutes on the freeway until I actually showed up at um, my office door. But I, I just found that that kept me motivated through my yeah. work day so that when I got off, I could still be in entrepreneur mode and then do the work that I needed to do to make my business successful. So. Absolutely. Sometimes you have to, I always tell people you have to visualize it. So you have to put yourself in that place. So what's so crazy is that, and I have these pictures is like, um, maybe six years ago or five years ago, I went looking at houses that are similar to the house that I live in now. And I, I, I dare to say that they're not even as nice as my house today. But at the time, I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if I lived in a house like this? And I just I signed up for an appointment like knowing damn well, I didn't have the scent first to afford to live like this. But I went because I was just like, you have to put yourself in this situation. You have to go. So the next step is like, you need to go look at office space. Look at the expensive office space. Look at the mid range, like look at everything because that is the next step. And you, what you start to realize is that like, it's not as far off as it, it seems. It's like if somebody else can pay for this and do this, you can too. Um, but I think what I like most about hearing about your routine is that um as I sort of studied entrepreneurship in my in when I was a young person in my early 20s I found that there's a common denominator to all successful people like first of all their days are ordered and organized so they are not leaving the day to chance like oh when I get up I'll just do whatever you know if somebody calls me like they're not they're not reacting to the day they are, I woke up at 4.30, probably my entire life until I think I slept until eight o'clock, maybe two years ago when I went to Europe. And like, I cried because I had never slept that late in my life. I had never slept in, like my body just doesn't allow me to do that. So, and people would be like, 4.30, you crazy. I'm like, like you said, knowing what I need to get done today I need to start at 4.30 because right. I was consulting at the time and I had a bunch of clients and I was making really good money like you. I remember having like my $20,000 $20, months and my $30,000 months. And it's like when you're having a $30,000 month, that means a, a lot is required of you and people are demanding a lot of you and you you only have so many hours in the day. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that you shared that. Um what bad habits have you broken, Courtney? Like, what was something that you just were cutting up at that you you think you've mastered now? Oh man, um, <laughs> is your exercise? Are you exercising? Yes, exercise. <laughs> exercising is a big one. Um, mm -hmm. I've been exercising consistently for about six years now. Um, okay, I fell off like a month ago because it was like right before take off in terms of leading my job. So I was like mm -hmm. every little time I was snatching to try to put it into my business. So I did skip out on my workouts like last month, but I'm back. Um, okay. 
But uh, I would say one one bad habit is um, that I cut out is this I, I call it I deserve syndrome. And um, I used to get in the habit of like coming home from work and knowing that I needed to immediately jump into whatever answering personal emails, working on a blog post, or just something. And mm-hmm talking myself out of it because I would say like, Oh, well, you know, I deserve to sit on the couch for an hour and just like watch TV and just veg out because I had a hard day at work. And I would really be upset with myself the next day because inevitably that hour would turn into two hours. And before you mm-hmm. know, 11 o'clock at night and nothing. happened. <laughs> right. So there was that or on the weekend, it's like, Oh, I deserve to stop at the mall really quick and just look at some stuff knowing that I needed to say, get my groceries together and do my meal planning so that I could be organized and have my food prepped, you know, in the morning. Like when you're a side hustler, every ounce of your time has to be like maximized. You have to do like the most you can with what you have. And you want to be really organized because little things could throw you off. Like for me, if I didn't have my, um, my meals packed or whatever, then that means I was going out to lunch on, uh, my lunch break at work when I could have been, you know, going to a coffee shop and just working on my business. And I could have just eaten at my desk. So that was like an hour that I lost because I didn't plan my groceries over the weekend. So it was all these little things that like I knew I needed to do, but I was telling myself I wasn't going to do them because I deserve to do something else because I work so hard. So Because um, you work hard. So I deserve to be able to watch several hours of TV because I earned it. Exactly. So I had to That's very good. That's very good. Um, So how are you definitely more disciplined now? Oh, yeah, I I have to be I have to Mm -hmm. be. Sometimes I, I don't want to say I go overboard. But I mean, yeah, sometimes I do look at myself. And I'm like, Oh, okay, maybe we can take a break. You know, you just get into that rhythm. That is just, Mm -hmm. I I find like discipline and good habits are um, just as sticky as like, laziness and bad habits. So absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) How do you do that? And it's like, well, it's hard not to do it now because I've been doing it for so long. Yeah. I always say that like when you form, if you start working on your healthier, good habits, um, they bleed. Just like you said, if you're lazy and terrible, then everything is lazy and terrible. And so I think some people think that I enjoy exercise. I don't. There is nothing. I have never gotten up in the morning and been like, oh my God, I'm so excited to go to the gym. You know, the kinds of conversations that I have when I wake up in the morning are like, you know, okay. If I don't, you know, this is an exercise and discipline for me. You know what I mean? It's like, how many other things today am I not going to want to do um, that I'm that I need to do because it is the right thing to do, you know? And so I also understand that as a busy sort of like, I really don't necessarily like the word CEO because it's like, you know, a lot of us entrepreneurs, it's like we're in charge, but we're not making the kind of decisions that real big time CEOs are making. Maybe I'm the president, maybe I'm the founder. Um, But as a busy founder, um, the kind of stamina that I need. So you, you have to think, you know, I think I travel maybe... I have to go back and look, but like, I would say 60 to 70% of the year I'm on the road. I do not get sick. 
you know, you're sitting up in a plane, you're getting all these germs, you have to be strong to do this. Like this is a a stamina game. You know, it's like, I don't like the fact that, you know, you, I have booked six o'clock flights in the morning, six o'clock in the morning means no sleep the night before, because you're going to be so worried about missing your flight, you know, waking up at three, getting yourself together, getting in the car by four, getting on the plane by six, landing at your place by eight or nine, going into a meeting, all the way through dinner you have to be healthy you have to be in shape um and I think that that all just goes with with the discipline but tell me what are you still struggling with hmm um I'm struggling with delegation and letting things go because it has been so close to the chest for so long Um, Mm -hmm. because I, you know, didn't have the money in the beginning to like get help or get an assistant or that kind of thing. So, um, you know, I have people who have offered to help, um, and I can afford to do so, but it's kind of difficult for me to let it go because I'm like worried that they're not going to do it right. And, um, Mm -hmm. also taking the time to actually sit down and train them is a big thing. Um, and I'll say I'm still working on time management in the sense of, um, spending time for things that are super important, but don't have like immediate results. So as I said, uh, for the last six months, a lot of my time has had to be focused on like, quote unquote, revenue generating activities, because I needed that in order to get out of my job. But now I'm finding that I need to spend more time networking, I need to spend more time uh, just doing like creative visioning, like thinking about like, what's the vision for my brand and business and coming up with like new innovative things. So I feel like there's all these, um, like soft skills that I need to work on and, um, just really important things that don't have an immediate impact, but you'll see that it'll be negatively impacting your business in the long term if you don't focus on them now and just willing myself to take the time that I have and put it towards, you know, spending 30 minutes to read a business book or sketch out some new ideas or to reach out to new contacts or that kind of thing versus just always pummeling my time back into like product creation and sales and, you know, that kind of thing. So still working on that. Gotcha. Okay, so this is the part that's fun. I'm going to ask you a couple of listener questions. Okay. Um, and you can, you tell us what you think. Um, first question, how important are business cards and a website? I'm running a consulting business, but I have been asked several times about my website. I am providing a service, not selling something. So I saw it as less of a priority. Thoughts? Hmm. Um. The business cards, I think, are less important because I rarely pass out business cards. And I find that if you connect with someone and um, demonstrate, you know, your value well in a conversation or that, you know, they just want to keep in touch with you, that typically you're pulling out your phone and exchanging numbers anyway. So business cards is kind of like, you know, it could go either way. But I do think that a website is really important because we live in such a brand focused society right now. The Internet is huge. And you know, I feel like the, um, the questioner was saying it in a sense of like, people should just respect her, um, <laughs> her expertise, you know, yeah. so like, are they worried about a website, but 
you have to remember, like, people don't know you, you know, they don't know you, they've never heard of you before. And so to, to say like, oh, you should do business with me, it's kind of like an unfair risk to the customer or the potential client if they have nothing to go on. And so I don't think people are like malicious and wanting to know what her website is. They're just trying to see if she's credible and to see, you know, what kind of, kind of thing does she have going on? Are you a startup? startup? Have you been doing this for a while? Like, do you have client testimonials? So I would look at it as your website is your opportunity to um, put your best face forward in places where maybe you can't be there physically. And so if you have an attractive website that really represents your brand, well, it's an asset. So I would, you know, focus on getting a website done. Good answer. I love it. I have nothing more to add to that. I I absolutely agree. Um, Next question is, I am a marketer and at work I find that I am the biggest thinker in the room. A lot is what she says. I am a firm believer that I am not getting better. I am getting worse. Right now I am getting worse at this thing I love. How do you stay hungry and keep growing when you are in a way rewarded for staying in the box? I have an answer for this, but I'm curious to see what you think. Okay. Um, I definitely can relate to that because that was my position at my job. And also because the industry that I was in was kind of like really far removed from what I actually wanted to be doing. And on top of that, it was not a lot of focus on, um, we'll call it marketable or like transferable skill development. It was more focused on developing skills for like our internal systems and things that are like good for the company that I was working at, but things that another company necessarily wouldn't value. So um, immediately I took it on myself to, um, you know, get really involved in my city. Um, Part of that was because I moved to Dallas. I didn't know anybody. And so I just started looking at professional networking groups and just joined in and started doing the work that challenged me like for free, like volunteering to put host events and to, um, to do workshops, personal development workshops. I was like the personal development chair for the Dallas urban league one year, just because, I mean, they didn't pay me for that, but I just knew it would be helpful for my skill set, even though I wasn't going to be getting that at work. So I would say jump into, um, maybe I call it extracurricular things like outside of your job and think of yourself almost as like your own corporation. Like you're the CEO, well, you're the founder of you. <laughs> you're the founder of you incorporated and you know, your job just happens to be your biggest client, but that doesn't mean that you can't find other ways to get the support you need, you know? So I would say like, look outside of her company. I agree. I think the one mistake that a lot of people make in jobs and when I interview people, I say, this is what I tell them. Um, I I draw this target, you know, like I draw the target and I say, like, you may have tons of ideas and tons of things that you want to do. Um, if they fall outside the target, that doesn't make them bad, but they're just not aligned with how we make money here. So a lot of people come and they're like, you should do a giveaway. You should do this. You should put things on sale. And I'm just like, that doesn't meet my target. Like that may work for you, Inc. That may work for somebody next door, but it doesn't work here. So you cannot be so sort of like bruised about the fact that I don't need all of your ideas. And you will find that as you take on people that want to work for you, everybody thinks that they know how to run your business better than you, you know? And I think a lot of times us creatives, us, you know, sort of ambitious people, like I know the best things. And so 
when you, if there are things that you want to do that don't fit your company's target, then you should go out and and find places that find those ideas valuable, you know? But I think that it becomes very, like when I hear people saying, you know, like I'm the biggest thinker in the room, it's like, so you're, you're the biggest thinker thinking about things that don't hit this company's target, you wow. know? So it's a little, it's like you have to check yourself some because what's going to happen is that you are going to then deal with that once you move on. And I assure you, Courtney, and we can circle back once you, you're going to then take on employees that feel like they know more than you do, or they're bigger than you, or they have better ideas than you. And they may, but they, you know how you make money today. You know, so it's like an ice cream social would be g glamorous and beautiful or whatever, but that's not how we make money here. I love that. That's such good advice. Yeah. So thank you. No, but that was just the thing that I kind of felt is that I'm like, let's, let's get ourselves in check for a moment because I know how it's easy to start like feeling ourselves, but this is important. So I hope that helped. Yeah. Um, let me see. I have, I wanted to do a question that was kind of like, didn't really have to do with anything that you do, but, um, let us see. Let's do this one. This one seems fun. I feel like I am too old to start from the bottom of a new company, but I need to make some changes career wise. I have a degree in PR, but never really used the degree because I was scared to fail and thought my writing wasn't good enough. Um, what is a good way to assess my skills? Hmm. Yeah. Um, and she said, I feel like she had an additional, like, what is a good way to assess my skills? Yeah. I think that was it. Okay. Yeah. And like, basically, you know, start over without being at the bottom. I think people struggle with starting over because they feel too old. Yeah. I, I don't know how helpful my answer was going to be, but I was just going to say, like, you're not too old to start at the bottom. And mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of great experiences there. I've, I mean, even at the company that I previously worked for, there were people in there. 50s and 60s who came in in the program that I came in and my program was specifically designed for people who had graduated from college. So um, I think uh, maybe she, I don't know, why why is uh, her age such a issue for her? Like, is she thinking about it from, in terms of like, oh, I need to be at a certain salary for like my retirement kind of thing. But if it's not that, then I would say, you know, you're, the time is going to pass anyway. Like regardless of how old you are, you're going to be five years older five years from now anyway. So wouldn't you love to be five years older and have the experiences that you didn't have, you know, that you're saying you're hurting for now because you didn't do them earlier, you know? So kind of stop that cycle of always saying like, oh man, I wish I would have done X, Y, and Z. Like the rest of your life starts today. So just you're not too old. Right. Jump in right. And get it done. Yeah, there are a handful of people that I will quit what I'm doing right now to go work for as a as an assistant. You know, I was like, if Oprah calls me, honey, see y'all later. I got to go carry bags and um, get coffee. You know, there are some people that I still would want to like learn from. And I would take the lowest level position just to be able to do that. So I definitely agree with you on that. Um, Courtney, that is it for us. But before we go, I want, you know, give everyone the rundown where they can find you and so on. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I'm online at thinkandgrowchick.com and I'm on Instagram at thinkingrowchick. So the letter in because Instagram, you know, they didn't let me. Just being a hater. <laughs> being a hater. <laughs> characters in there. So it was just uh, the in. Um, but yeah, you can find my adventures and everything that I'm doing. Um, I'm going to be hosting like a really big, fun, free virtual event, uh, basically how to quit your job month. Um, and I'll be talking about kind of my experiences and putting a lot of cool stuff out there. So I invite people to follow me on Instagram for that. And um, for those who are interested in the No Excuses Woman program, since I knew that we would be talking about it today, um, you can use coupon code MYLEAK. So, yep. And um, you can get 50%. (gasps) Oh my God. I I was snapping about this yesterday and people are going to lose their minds. How long is this for? So um, we're, we're doing, we're recording this on Friday. Um, Mm -hmm. What is today's date? Uh, August 26th. So my technical last day at work, like when I walk off the job is going to be Friday, September 2nd. So from now until midnight, Friday, September 2nd, you can get 50% off of No Excuses Woman. And that's just kind of like my gift. I hope everybody can get the discipline they need to accomplish whatever their goals are. So um, they can find that program at thinkandgrowchick.com slash no excuses woman and no excuses woman. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. And you have a great, great weekend. Thank you. You too.